And we are live. Welcome back to the Digital Creators Podcast. Um, today, we're in the studio with Steph. Welcome, Steph. Hello. Thank you. So, Steph is a Perth-based full-time artist who is primarily who primarily creates paintings of portraits and a female figure. Um, Steph also gets commissioned to create street art and uh, commercial murals. She does workshops, courses, sells prints and merchandise. And in this episode... We're going to talk about Steph's creative background, her creative process, um, the art scene in other cities compared to Perth, her artistic business practice, and more. So, very exciting. Um, So, yeah, Steph, tell us about your background a little bit, Um, (laughs) how you got started as an artist and sort of what what might influence your art today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember being really, really young as a little kid, just like drawing and really enjoying that and painting and I even used to draw and paint little like Garfield and Tweety like oh, yeah. cartoons and sell them to like classmates because they oh, really, really? Yeah. In, in like primary school yeah in primary school um but I, I didn't really do anything to do with my art for such a long time in university I studied um interactive digital design and media studies yeah um and from university I just started my career in photography so mm-hmm. I'd actually been being actually was in photography for about 10 12 years yeah and then i broke my collarbone um on holiday how'd you do that what's the story behind (laughs) that one (laughs) i was traveling with a few um guy friends and i'm a little bit competitive we were in bolivia going down death road i don't know if you've heard of it they take you to a top of a mountain just on like push bikes and you just go down the mountain there's like no fencing. That's why it's called Death Row because so many people unfortunately die oh, from wow. riding on it. Um, it was safe conditions when we went, but the only thing is I got really competitive. My guy mates went ahead and I went faster and faster. The last oh, one wow. flew over oh my, God. <laughs> my bike. Anyway, months later, found out that I broke my collarbone three places. I couldn't take photos anymore. Um, so to put my creative energy somewhere else I went back to basics which was drawing again Mm -hmm. yeah um and it was crap like was not good at proportions Mm -hmm. and stuff but with time found a passion for it again um so yeah I'd kind of been between photography and painting for a few years Mm -hmm. and it was only in 2019 when I came back um to Perth from London that I decided Screw it. I'm just going to give yep. this a go, go like, full-time. Just try it. Yeah. And, yeah, been running ever since. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so you primarily do paintings, like portraiture, um, female, like the female figure. And yep. you've, you also have, um, you do quite a few murals, like artistic murals and that sort of thing. So um, you're, you're, like, a full-time artist basically now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that uh, a bit of a process to get to that, you know, full-time stage? We, uh, I guess you're balancing photography and then art and then eventually the, you know, the painting and the murals and selling prints and that sort of thing to further. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, It actually probably worked out to be good timing with the pandemic as well because I came back to Perth to try to do this art thing mm-hmm. in 2019 and the pandemic was 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
I got back to Perth. Um, there's an artist called Dake William that took me under his wing and learned a lot about like painting murals and stuff like that and actually making it out in the art world. Um, then the pandemic hit and it was kind of just turning into myself and kind of like questioning what I want mm. to do and what I want to show other people yeah. as well. Um, and that's kind of when my life drawing classes started and okay, yep. started to sell like paintings and prints and then, yeah, it all just became bigger mm-hmm. there. Oh, cool. Was social media like a big part of getting like your artistic brand out there or was it more like networking? Absolutely. I would say for me it was definitely social media. Um, I think like a little bit goes into play is like – I haven't networked that much in Perth in terms of like getting to understand like art curators, other artists, gallery people, people who would sell art as well. Um, So I hadn't quite networked with people yet. And I knew just from traveling to other countries and cities before that social media, just the internet is really a playground for people Mm. to find anyone from anywhere so yeah I knew that that was a great starting point and especially with the pandemic like you know you couldn't really go out too much and meet people um so yeah definitely social media definitely helped exposed my work outwards is it mostly is is there any particular platform that helped you the most I would say Instagram would be yeah I think most of my followers and people that actually are interested in my stuff not just like showing interest but also like purchasing interest Mm -hmm. is from instagram like i have people from toronto like message me for commissions as well so yeah definitely instagram okay awesome so yeah you've got like international clients you're like shipping out your prints and your merch and that sort of thing yeah yeah and like um some people have asked for commissions for stuff um so i'd have to like make them an original oh wow send it off to them yeah so that's really cool that's really cool that's awesome um and what kind of influenced you to focus on portraiture and the female figure? Like, why does that inspire you for your art? Um, I would say that that started from my photography, actually. I have a huge interest in shooting people, like photographing people mm. and finding the connection with humans. Um, and I think that translated very easily into my art and painting as well. Um, one thing that I really focused on in my later years in photography was I found that growing up in Australia, it, there was a lot of like white Australia and Eurocentric beauty standards. Mm-hmm. And me being Asian Australian, I didn't quite fit that mold. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was seen or accepted. Um, so for me, I was always kind of a little bit like bit frustrated that there weren't that many diverse models in like magazines Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and I thought you know what I'm media like I could do this I'll change the narrative I'll show more diversity and so that's what I started doing it started um photographing more women of color particularly Mm -hmm. and then also women of all sorts of different shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. as well um and then, yeah, that easily translated into my paintings as well, just showing that larger group of women. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I relate to um, what you're saying about, like, you kind of created the media that you wanted to see because I guess that's also what I'm doing with this podcast as well. Like, you know, 
as creators, we have the power to like, you know, create our own sort of media outlet so you can, um, you know, voice your, and like show your kind of opinions and that sort of thing. So I think that's really cool. And um, can you describe your artistic style and how that kind of developed? If you can, I know like a lot of artists hate that, <laughs> hate like describing their style, but <laughs> give it a go maybe. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Because um, it's, it's just looking at it, it's mostly like uh, brush strokes, kind of a- outlines, like a, a lot of colour. Yeah, it's interesting um, because I really wanted to showcase the beauty in skin tones, especially like women who are darker or have more me- like melanin. I really wanted to showcase the variety of colours that can be expressed mm-hmm. through that. So especially within skin in a lot of my paintings you'll see a lot of different colors in Mm. there um i also love texture like i find that really sexy so i like to show a lot of brush strokes in that in saying that on the opposite side of that like the flip of that is i really enjoy um minimalist brush strokes and lines as well so i've actually got a style where it's a lot of like minimal black and white very very simple lines kind of like this Chinese calligraphy kind of style Mm. but with like a wabi-sabi approach Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like um this idea that there is no mistake Mm -hmm. everything's meant for a reason and there's like a rawness to that that's really beautiful and I kind of put that with my passion and love or richness and color in skin tones together yep. so it's a bit of both okay it's, yeah cool. <laughs> that's, that's what i'd say yeah i think um i actually love the that like wabi-sabi like the element of you know it not being too perfect because yeah. i think yeah the beauty comes into like it not being perfect in a way it's, like yeah you get to see the process yeah of it as well you don't just get this polished finished product mm you get to see the story and where it came from. Like, I think that's really important. And accepting that it's kind of like flaws, like yeah. accepting your flaws and like yeah, okay, imperfect, perfect, perfect kind of, yeah. you know, it's like that. Cool. Yeah. And not only do you do paintings, but you used to do murals. So how did you get into painting like murals and that sort of thing? So that one definitely started off with my mate, Dick William, who took me under the wing. Yeah. He did a lot of murals within in Perth. Uh, specifically um but not only in Perth um and yeah I just became like his assistant just like painting a little bit so understanding like the process of it um how hard it can be just using your whole body to paint instead of just like your finger Mm. thumb wrist motion is it with spray like spray cans yes it was with spray cans but also um with paintbrushes as well yeah so it was kind of like I got to play around with both mm. i really enjoy the brush more yeah and the spray cans um but yeah that's you're where not I a grapher <laughs> <laughs> maybe back in the day we'll <laughs> let's not talk <laughs> about it <laughs> um yeah n- no i don't do that <laughs> wink <laughs> um yeah so, so i learned from him um and then i started getting some people interested in my art and wanting some art you know, in in their own venue, yeah, commercial venues, but then also like private homes mm-hmm. as well, yeah. Oh wow, that's really cool. And um, 
are you getting more sort of commissions for murals or paintings or are you like yeah how, how are you kind of balancing your workshops and your murals and paintings and like it's kind of all this chaotic. stuff it's a lot of it's a lot of I need a manager. That's not manager. I need one. It's chaotic. It's everywhere. Um, Last year I had so many murals and I had a lot more collaborative projects, whereas this year it was a lot more painting workshops, drawing courses, but yet I would still have like a dabble of like commissions here and there or like murals here and there. So it's really a mix. Like I don't know what I'm getting anytime. (laughs) I I really need to figure, figure out a way to... Like so, or maybe just, not. I just accept it as it is. Just yeah. it's just gonna be fun. Just like going with the flow a little bit. And yeah, going uh, with the flow. Yeah, because like you just sold two paintings just before, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> just, <laughs> just like just in the print text, like, oh, like ah! I gotta ship these now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sold a couple this morning, so I'm very excited. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you. And what's your process for say creating a mural? Like if someone you know books you for one, how do you sort of go about that? Um, firstly, I'd have to ask them the parameters. Like, is there a time parameter? Is there a budget parameter? Is there a size parameter? Like, how big is the wall, for example? Sometimes it's not a wall. Sometimes it's just, like, an original piece. Um, And from that, then I would ask them, what do they want? Um, Some people have seen my minimal artwork and like that. And some people have seen my, like, more colourful, vibrant, really, like, fleshed out kind of characters. So just asking them that to begin with um, helps me a lot. Some people are really chill and they're just like, I love everything you do. Mm. Just, like, do anything. Whatever, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's creative perfect. freedom. I love that so much. So thank you if you're one of those people. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> Creatives love you. Yeah, thank you for letting us do what we love. Yeah. Um, but then again, like there's people who are like, oh, I, I want a piece for my sister. I want a piece for my partner. I want a piece of me. Um, and I just work with them and try to mm-hmm. understand their vision through what my style is already and try to like produce something that they like. So once we figure that out, then it's just like, sketching a design going okay do you like this where it's going so far yeah and then giving them like a draft Mm. of a design before actually painting it okay and with the international clients do you like jump on a call with them or how is it through email or dms or uh for the international ones no i've never done that actually it was through just instagram dms they've just hit me up and was like really love your pieces, they're dope, would love to commission you for something. And yeah, go through that process. Like, what are your parameters? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you like? What are your ideas? Yeah. And then let's see, like, where we can come together creatively. Um, but one one of them was for, I think, an artwork for his, like, album. Mm-hmm. And then another one was also one of those people who, like, I love this kind of minimal artwork. I just really want... a like uh, a woman of color, like mm-hmm. preferably like a black woman. And I want to be able to see that even though it's just minimal lines, mm-hmm. but I'll let you take control. Okay. So yeah, um, with those people, I kind of just asked, do you want to see the process and just like, let me know how you, you feel along yep. the way or just trust it. And they're like, yeah, just trust it. Oh, so yeah. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you love most about being a full-time artist? Oh my God. That's such a tricky one. I did not think that you were um it's my own rules 
And I love that because I have to be accountable for what happens and I'm an independent person anyway. So I love that I can make mistakes and be like, all right, you're the person that that falls on. You Mm -hmm. should fix that for next time. But then I also love being able to say, I wake up at 10.30 Mm a.m., brush my teeth, you know, go to the gym workout and then my day starts at like 12. Yeah. But that grows all the way up until like midnight, sometimes 1, 2 a.m. Yeah. So that flexibility is really cool. Um, The power to express myself, the power to make change, I think, is really dope. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what I love most. Amazing. And uh, have you done any sort of collaborations? Maybe there could be collaborations with businesses or other artists and things like that. Yeah, plenty. Um, so currently I'm doing a collaborative series with Ariel Katsia. Shout out, Ariel. Um, we're going to do um, a series based on women's sexual wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, have definitely worked with other artists before. have definitely worked with, uh, like, a, there's a gin distillery just around the corner oh, from cool. me yep. um, called Wild Road Spirits. I did a label design for them. Mm-hmm. Um, also worked with a Sydney label um, that do like very like conscious making um, mm-hmm. and did like a limited and exclusive print with them. Um, so that was limited okay. collective if anyone cool. wants to check them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and you've got your is it artist residency in Northbridge. Yeah. Tell r- us about that. So OHWA run walking tours within Perth. Um, one of the tours that they do is also like street art tours, which is maybe how they found out about me. Um, they also love presenting um, local artists as well. So they reached out to me and said, hey, we've got this pop-up space um, on William Street. Do you want to come in for an artist residency? And a friend of mine, Ariel, was also hit up. And we said, well, we're doing a collab series together. Why don't we just take mm-hmm. over for the next couple of weeks? So essentially, Ariel and I have moved all our stuff into William Street um, and we'll be painting there together all our collab series. So, yeah, er everything that happens within that space, whether it's people who walk in for a chat or sometimes like IG lives or um, workshops, stuff like that, anything that we gain from using that space will come through in the art. Okay. And, yes, it's just like an open space people can walk in and like, Say hey. Yeah, absolutely. Come through and say hey whenever, like, if you follow Ariel or I, um, maybe even OHWA, like, they like to shout out a little bit as well. Anytime we're there, just knock on the door. Like, we've had the door closed before because it gets rowdy on oh, William okay. Street. <laughs> yeah. But if we see people peer through, we're like, come on in, we'll open yep. the door and let them come through and just have chats. So, yeah, mm-hmm. very, very welcome. Cool. And are you doing, like, workshops there as well or is it just, like, it's just the pop-up? Uh, we're definitely wanting to do a workshop. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to run one yet um, due to sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to do one for the series um, with Dr. Jay West about erotic blueprints. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a chat lined up with Rosie Reese, who's known as the Yoni Queen of Perth. Um, so she's a sexual wellness entrepreneur as mm-hmm. well. So a lot of like the conversations we can get from those people and influencers will have a great say in our art pieces as well okay cool yeah Yeah, i like i like it when artists just have different you know influences within like the works from it could be yeah just from i know people with 
you know, doctorates or like um, just all these influence tie into the art, you know what I mean? Like it just, and you can create something, you know, special and with meaning. So that's really cool. Thank you. So yeah, if, if anyone comes through and they've, you know, made a difference to our art, it'll, it'll show. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned before you've done a lot of traveling. Um, has that sort of influenced your art as well, going to these different countries, maybe learning from different perspectives, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I lived in Melbourne first and that really showed me the variety of styles and that it's possible to have your work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest influences is also uh, when I lived in Toronto. That was really amazing and just seeing the type of street art that was there as well. Um, and then London, just seeing a whole whole bunch of um, art there as well. Um, yeah. Just in galleries, in the, in the museums as well, um, but then also on the streets. Okay. Yeah, everywhere. Um, how do you find the art scene here in Perth compared to, say, Melbourne or London, maybe those, yeah, those less isolated cities? It definitely seems a lot more saturated in some of the bigger cities, that's for yep. sure. I feel like if you're not a creative or hang out with creatives, you don't really know what's available. You kind of just wait out until Fringe comes along mm. and then you check out performances So and here stuff. it's more saturated? No, in, Perth, in, in the okay. bigger cities the it's bigger more cities? saturated. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it's exposed as much. Okay. In Perth, like you really have to either hang out with people who are creatives or, you know, work in that area, which mm. I guess would be hanging out with creatives as well, to really see what Perth has to offer. Yeah. We have a huge, huge, huge community. There's so many artists that I haven't even heard about and they've got like heaps of followers. They do mm. heaps of work out in Perth as well. Um, it's we, we just don't celebrate it as much and we just don't shout them out as much yeah as other cities yeah 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 i do feel like perth kind of undervalues art in this city i don't i feel like the the average person doesn't really value art um or care about art as much um and yeah compared to say melbourne you you do find melbourne or like london um other or new york like they really embrace their creativity more yeah um yeah do you find that find that as well i do i definitely feel like they value expression more Mm. and diversity more and hearing stories and narratives a lot more that are different from theirs yeah i think they're a lot more welcoming and accepting for Mm. sure um do you have any like examples of maybe in perth where you felt like maybe your art wasn't valued (laughs) anything like that (laughs) don't want let's not talk about that no. <laughs> <laughs> um, should i talk about that one yeah stuff it uh i'm setting I, her up guys <laughs> <laughs> stitch up um i did i did ask if i could have some portraits that i had drawn up on that big screen that tower that's opposite um of the big cactus mm. in yegan square and I sent it through and I think it was like five portraits of women's faces. Mm. Um, it's very like Vogue style, something that you'd probably see in a magazine, just yeah. like more women of colour, that's mm. all it was. 
And the guy emailed me back and said, no, sorry, we can't have that because um, your work is too sensual Mm. and it has to be family friendly in Mm. this area, which was bizarre to me because it was just faces. Yeah. Just their heads. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing sensual, nothing seductive, nothing sexy. Provocative, yeah. Yeah, nothing provocative at all. And I just thought that is so bizarre that a man would think that just by looking at faces, Mm. maybe just because it's women that he got that idea. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely have had some people feel like it wasn't okay to have certain parts of my art out there. There's also um, a fashion brand. I don't know if I want to call them out. Don't have to say names, but we'll we'll post their name later. (laughs) (laughs) Cancel them for now. Um, it was it was like a competition where you can just um, make a design and they were going to run that design onto textile print and start making clothes mm. out of that. Um, and I had designed all these like gorgeous women, different skin tones, different shapes, body sizes and shapes. And it would look like they were nude, but it was just skin tone. Yeah. So no nipples no vulva showing no belly buttons nothing at all nothing like that they replied back and said um that it was also not fitting for is their this, uh, wait with these fashion designs yeah like, it was a yeah. fashion it was an australian fashion label someone i haven't worked with before yeah. um yeah they they said it was essentially was it like des- uh des- are you designing um sort of it's a textile print. Like a textile, okay, for a print. Yeah, so... Th- Where uh, would it be displayed? Like, how does this tie into fashion? Like, It would be printed onto fabric, oh, and okay. then they would use that fabric to, like, cut oh, into, okay. like, dresses okay. and okay, stuff cool, like cool, that. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, they said that because there was nudity, it wasn't allowed. Mm. But I didn't know Is it a Perth, Perth-based? No. Oh, okay. Not Perth-based. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really bizarre that they... Australian-based? Australian-based as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I've seen some of their work before and I'm like, mm, I don't know why it wasn't accepted, but okay. Mm. I think it was – this was also, you know, before there was more um, diversity in colour of people, like representation in, like, skin tones as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. There's definitely no – like suggestion of like genitalia showing yeah. so i don't know how they came across okay. that idea but yeah yeah i do feel like uh here in perth or maybe australia there's you know less i think especially in perth there's is less expression i think you mentioned it was you know it could be to do with perth being a more family oriented city so you know very safe so it's Maybe harder for artists to, you know, you got to ha- you got like a limit li- limitation on your expression that you want to do. Um, that could be in, you know, public art or mural art. Um, so that could be one factor into why, you know, there's less expression here. Like it's yeah. a very safe, family oriented. Um, yeah. So I guess there's there's lim- it puts limits on artists in a way in this city compared to maybe other cities. Like I'm sure if it was New York, they wouldn't bat an eye. You know. Yeah, it's is a really bizarre thing. Um, not a hundred percent sure on that, but I definitely feel you on that. Like 
it definitely Perth definitely feels like a more safe kind of city. Like let's just keep it all PG, like nothing more. Yeah, it's like a bit too pristine, maybe. I maybe. feel. Yeah. Yeah, that they're not willing to push the boundaries. Yeah. A lot, or very much, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, more difficult to push boundaries for sure, and in sort of, I don't know how much you're involved in like the street art scene but do you know if there are many um you know walls that are legal to paint on in perth like can you compare that to melbourne sort of thing i mean i know for sure melbourne even in the heart of the city there are definitely walls where it's kind of free for all like anyone can go in and paint anything and i think that's really beautiful um i don't know of any in perth where it's really just have a go if you want um from what I understand, with Perth, um, there would be some councils that would allow some free art to be mm. put up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's still frowned upon, um, like graffiti style yeah. art, like street art, murals, like something with a bit more imagery is kind of a bit more accepted, yet they still do put limitations. They ask you, what is your design? Where are you coming from? Like, does it include this? Does it include that? So, yeah, there's still not as much freedom of expression Mm. um, from what I understand. And, yeah, just availability of walls is definitely not as much as some places like in in London and Melbourne. Yeah. And just focusing on creativity, walking around, you know, London or Melbourne, how does that kind of compare to Perth, maybe what you see? Is there a lot more art? in the street or expression in terms of maybe performing arts and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more art. There's there's way more creativity, way more people trying new things. And I think there's a hunger there as well, maybe because it's so competitive that people kind of try to do as much as they can to show their art out there. Um, But also anyone could really paste up something or, you know, um, draw a little something here and there. People feel more welcomed Mm. to do that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure whether it's to do with people being hungry and wanting to show themselves more or whether it's because that city or the place is more accepting and wanting more culture and diversity and expression as well. Yeah, but visually, even just walking around, you can definitely see way more people out on the street Mm. doing all sorts of stuff. Definitely, yes, to performing artists as well, even, like, people on the street, like, basking, stuff like that. What people are wearing as well, probably. Yeah, even what people are wearing. Like, that's definitely what I found was a main difference moving from Perth to other cities and countries is that some things I would wear in Perth, people would kind of, like, give me weird looks, like, Mm. where do you think you're Mm. going? Who do you think you are? Mm. But once I moved to Melbourne, I just felt so relaxed and at home. Like, I could wear anything. And I don't even wear anything outrageous, but Mm. I could wear anything and people wouldn't bat an eye. They'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. No problem. Why do you think that is, um, you know, why do you think there's more of maybe a a limitation on creativity here in Perth compared to, say, Melbourne or London or if you could, you know. That's a really good question. I don't know. Maybe because we want to keep this like 
idea of safe and maybe like this like pristine kind of like profile that we want to put on ourselves that we don't really want to celebrate anything too crazy yeah unless someone else has done it before and we've seen that it works yeah yeah like if you think about the bell tower we only got that i think a couple of decades ago maybe Mm. more than that now i think maybe three decades yeah but they wanted to do the bell tower because they wanted something iconic in perth that they could build to be like oh that's yeah that's perth like tourism perth like come check out the bell tower yeah but funnily enough most people friends and family that visit perth that aren't from perth or not even from australia actually just want to check out like the blue boat shed yeah (laughs) and i think it's actually creativity and creatives that create like i think as creatives we create culture creativity creates culture yeah and as a city we need to embrace creativity because that's kind of how we can create our identity as a city and that's what draws other people to come see perth because like oh we want to come to perth because we want to see what you create we want to see your unique perspective as a city absolutely yeah and i do feel like we're a little bit behind in that and i feel like i would love to see more support behind creative expression so then we can like have a more unique identity so then we're just we're not like copying another city or we we have something to say because i feel like we don't really we don't say much with our city compared to other places i agree with that i i love that so much i love that we're different a lot of people think perth is so normal and it's so safe like yeah we have like this really cool like coastline we have like beautiful weather most times of the year Mm. you know like it is beautiful but there's we don't see what's different about us that makes us unique and what's different is that we're so isolated we are the most isolated Mm. city in the whole world yeah like that's really cool we can create some really gnarly stuff based on that yeah um but we're looking at someone else. Mm. We're looking at our neighbours. We're looking at Sydney, Melbourne. We're looking at people in other countries to be like, oh, what's cool over there? We're not looking at ourselves and being like, what is homegrown? That's really cool yeah. and different. Yeah. yeah, we wait until whatever's homegrown makes it out somewhere mm. else. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate. Like if, if we focused more on celebrating what we have here and just shouting out, our names from here Mm. like imagine the kind of exposure we would get and imagine how big we can create our own culture and identity creatively as well like that would be so sick yeah for sure because even on uh one of the previous podcasts alexandria lee she was saying and i like sort of had a realization from what she said which was artists from perth have to be respected outside of Perth, say in New York or basically America in general. It's like if you're respected in America, then you'll kind of be respected here. Like we have to have the outside validation as artists overseas and then you'll be respected here, which is interesting and I don't know. I would agree with that as well. Yeah. I would agree with what she says. Because I think we should be able to, you know, see artists in Perth, see their talent, um, and you know help that and cultivate that talent um recognize that talent rather than just getting that external validation from overseas because it's i think it 
it ties into everything, whether you're a performing artist, a musician, like you have to make it over there before you can make it here. Yeah. And with that sort of culture, you end up having artists just moving and not coming back and then, you know, then it kind of, it's harder to grow as a creative community. Yeah, I feel that too. I feel like we could have more strength in our creative culture in Perth, except we're just, because we're waiting for validation in other cities or countries, our creatives are moving to get that Mm. validation as well. And it sucks. But yeah, we could be so strong here if we had focused more on our talent here and showing that off. Yeah. For sure. So I guess what made you come back to Perth then? Because you were over in Melbourne and London. Why (laughs) did you come back to Perth? (laughs) Because it was actually safe. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) The lifestyle. Uh, Yeah. um, I wanted to give my art practice a solid go so you know dedicate all my time into Mm. it so that I couldn't say oh because I was working this other job Mm. I didn't get to do this about my art and therefore I'm not where I want to be I wanted to hold myself accountable and be like all right just dedicate all your time if it doesn't work and you know you tried then it's all right okay but I didn't want to you know like make excuses for myself so I thought Perfect place to come back is back home to family and friends yeah. where I have a lot of support. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I came back home and lived with my mom and dad, which mm-hmm. is an experience mm-hmm. again after, you know, moving out for such a long time. Um, but, yeah, they really gave me the support and security to then express myself. Yeah, which okay. is which is why I came back to yeah, Perth. Maybe that, that's interesting because I guess that's a, that's a big positive for Perth artists because – I feel that as well, like, it's safer here to try something like, you know, starting my photography business, you know, we have a good economy here, so it's like, you can fall back on something, and then now, you know, doing the podcasting, it's, yeah, it's definitely safer to try these different um, creative projects, because, yeah, you have family here, you have stuff to fall back on, Um, but then... Yeah, it's even it's easier for people in general who you know want to do painting, or even maybe it's not they're not they don't even see it as something they're going to take full time. They just have that ability to paint or you know have something on the side creatively because you know maybe you know they have another job that pays well. So I guess that that's a positive living in Perth is you know the safety of trying things as an artist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we feel like. Well, at least for me, felt like I had more support if in case I did fail, mm. that I still had a roof over my head. Yeah. And at least I had a job that I could fall back on, which is mm. photography. And, you know, I've already built a clientele of people back in Perth. So, yeah, definitely felt like it was a safe place to try something new. Yeah. Um, going back into the creative culture here, how do you think we can... Uh, you know sort of change the culture or have more people embrace creativity because personally I would love to see more of those like empty walls filled around the city like even you know when you're walking around the city it's more you know it it looks better and it's it's you get like inspired by looking at these walls and it's you feel um, you know when you're surrounded by creativity it's more inspiring 
and I think that just everybody, not even just creatives. So how do you think we can create, uh, cultivate more creative expression in the city? That's pretty easy. You just got to allow people to. Like if councils or the city, if there's funding for it and grants that allow more of this to freely happen, I feel like we can definitely allow more creatives, whether they're creatives as their job or just creative people who are even working in mining or something, mm. like to allow people to actually get involved and do something would be great. And yeah, there's definitely grants available out there, but the kinds of stuff that we have to go through, um, like the process of meeting guidelines and stuff like that, it really throws a lot of people off. Especially creative people like me, like I don't want to read. Yeah, I don't want to read. <laughs> I don't want to read this. I don't want to write you a, like a report. Like it's so much work. Have you you've applied for grants before? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's hard. It's hard to apply for certain things because they want a certain thing. They want flora mm. and fauna. They want, they want something PG. And I want to show more than that. Mm. And you know, like years ago, it would have probably sounded crazy to be like, "I want representation. I want more people of color." Mm. They might go, "Oh, okay, mm. <laughs> like that's a little bit too." I don't know, ferocious or something too out there. Mm. Why don't we just stick to Banks years? Yeah. Um, and nowadays, like, people aren't super comfortable with me putting figures out there, whether it's, like, female figures or whatever, that they seem uncomfortable about it. Mm. I think there's still this very... Um, I mean... It's, like, family-oriented view yeah, on things. Yeah, people just sexualize women's bodies, man. That's mm. it. It's, it's We live in a patriarchal society. People look at women's bodies and just think it's automatically like a sex object mm. and it doesn't have to be like they don't even have to be nude and then like instantly they're sexualized yeah um so i think maybe that's that's why people don't like some of the figures that i do in terms of like out in public spaces um i don't think they're they're not like you know provocative and no. all. they're just like they're literally curves and lines yeah and they're just curves and lines like i i want to i want to celebrate women of all types out onto the wall so that someone who's like the younger me would mm. look at it and be like oh wow like that represented yeah stuff, that yeah. person looks like me and it's out on a wall or it's out on art that's special like i want that for a younger person. It doesn't have to be a seven-year-old. It could be a 20-year-old. I want someone to feel included. I want someone to feel like they belong here. Um, similar question to before, but instead of creativity, I guess it will be the topic of multiculturalism. Have you found How have you found the embrace of multiculturalism here in Perth compared to London or Toronto or Melbourne, maybe, perhaps? I mean, oh, that's such a loaded question, I feel. Loaded? Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can answer however you want. <laughs> um, multiculturalism. I definitely feel like since the events of Black Lives Matter, that's really changed a lot everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like that has made people like wake up to understanding diversity and multiculturalism. Um, in general, I, I guess like in general that has, you know, it's it was a 
I think Black Lives Matter happened in twenty end of twenty nineteen, maybe beginning of twenty twenty. I or think twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah, obviously that created more awareness around. Um, I guess embracing different ethnicities and cultures in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at London, I've just heard other people on the podcast. They say as creatives or they go there and they really embrace uh, multiculturalism. There, if you look at the ads, um, you know it's more diverse. If you um, that's in London, I'm not sure Toronto. I'm sure Toronto. Like I, I do find. Yeah, maybe very over in, in Toronto. The US seems to be more forward thinking, I think, in multiculturalism. But in terms yeah, of representation. What's your representation, yeah. Yeah, in terms of representation, I definitely found like um in London and Toronto, they definitely had more people of different ethnic backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, um, different race and colour. They definitely showed a lot more of that. Even just on like if you just look at like adverts on editorials Mm. like you can see it that's all you really need to look at yeah there's heaps of you know restaurants that have opened up in Perth or in Australia you know a lot of Asian immigrants a lot of African immigrants definitely a lot of like European like immigrants as well just looking at the food alone like you can just see we have accepted that culture in terms of like their food but we haven't shown a diverse group of people that are out there. Like if you still look at fashion editorials and what's accepted as like the ideal, the standard, Mm. the beauty, like what's cool. Mm. I mean, up until recently, it was still very Eurocentric, very like white Australia. Mm -hmm. Like we still don't focus as much even on our own indigenous people. Mm. We we have a bit more now. I think, I think, yeah, it is. It is changing for the better now. Just looking at some of the campaigns that come out recently, say the Karen Up campaign, yeah. the, even the Christmas campaign that's come out recently, that was like very diverse and I thought it was shot very well. So I think even the ads we're showing, I, I can see an embrace in cultural diversity. Um, in terms of the culture here, even what I've seen that's a positive is more I see more like Afrobeats events, like Afrobeats events go off. I don't know if you've been. Love it. I love it so much. They're like the best vibes, like in terms of like people like actually dancing and like, uh, yeah, I've seen uh, more of an embrace of Afrobeats music, maybe in Australia, but also events here in Perth. So that's really cool. Actually, specifically on Afrobeats, I was in Melbourne a couple of years ago and I asked um, a producer there oh, like I really want to check out some like Melbourne events like on Fridays, Saturdays, whatever. Any places you know that do like Afrobeats maybe. Mm. And he's like, oh, don't know. Don't know about that one. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that you said that about Afrobeats in Perth. And maybe it's just the types of people that we maybe hang around or like are exposed to. Um, But yeah, Afrobeats specifically are found more in Perth than even in Melbourne, surprisingly. Interesting. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I would have, I, ca- I kind of, uh, in my mind, I sort of tie embrace of multiculturalism and creative expression in the same sort of um, place because when you have multiculturalism, you have different expressions from people from different places, different perspectives. And when you embrace that, I think that's really positive. Like that's that's how I get inspired when I see a work of art from a different place and it's different. 
and it's unique, then you get inspired from that. So, yeah, maybe we're making some progress uh, with that, but then... But that's all, like, independent stuff. Mm, that's, that's true. That's, oh, true. You know, that's all local ah, independent stuff. Mm. Like, we're creatives or we're entrepreneurs doing it for ourselves and for our community. I don't see that much of, yeah. like, councils and our government doing much more other than, like, now probably embracing a little bit more on Indigenous mm. culture and art and diversity as well. But a lot of, like, the stuff That's we're into, true. it's all independent. Like, we're doing this for ourselves and for our people and allowing other people to come into it as well. Yeah, that's that's actually a very good point. Um, I didn't think of that. That's very true. Um, because, yeah, even if I think of, yeah, the events or the, the things happening in the creative community, like even um, someone, uh, Mike Conico, who's a DJ, he runs, like, his own sort of events – he had like this pop-up at the art gallery of WA or like even other creative people. Yeah, it's it's definitely individuals. It's not the city going, hey, can we support you or back you or contacting, contacting artists, contacting creatives or people that want to see things happen. It's them going, it takes so long to, you know, apply for a grant or write up a grant or contact the city for them to get back to you. It's just like yeah. stuff that I'm just going to create it because that's what I want to see. So very true. It's not really the city. Embracing it, it's individual people. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's helping everyone have a leg up. And I love that, like, what we have as mm. creatives. Like, we really understand the support of, you know, su- supporting people's passion projects and what they do, not just, like, monetary, but even yeah. just, like, throwing a like or a comment or a save on someone's post. That does so much. Um, even yeah. if you can't make it to an event, just sharing that with another friend, doing a shout out somewhere and like showing that to other people, like that's really dope. Mm. And that's definitely something that we're lacking, um, I feel, uh, from like a government perspective and to, uh, to allow more of this to flourish is to like help us help you, help us help yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, that there's there's a small disconnect um between i'm sure they want a lot more creatives and i'm sure like they they want to show more it's just they make it difficult by rant writing and you know all these guidelines that they don't tell you what they actually want to hear like they have a list of certain keywords that they want to read but if you don't provide that mm, they're just like no sorry can't do it yeah i agree i think in general they don't really care because they don't really have a passion for elevating their creativity i think because if you're a person working for the council working for perth city of perth maybe you're not you don't necessarily have that love or f- maybe you're not re- necessarily creative yourself so you don't really have that drive so that then it. yeah it's just up to the maybe. individuals um just thinking of more events there was um jargon by kawasaki he has like a little pop-up where he has different fashion designers come in and that sort of event then you have um artist initiative perth which is like this creative market there's another fashion one fashion thrift society like these events these pop-ups uh that you know i think they're really cool people can go and express themselves and just make perth like you know elevate perth a little bit with creativity so it's definitely yeah the individuals as you were saying yeah I i also think like money speaks for a lot of it i think the reason why we focus on funding in certain areas is because they can see how money is going to get returned back 
in into mm. like our government. For example, sport. Everyone knows that sport is a huge money maker. That's why we invest so much in mm-hmm. that. Yep. Like tourism is another one as well. Like yep. they they want to they mm. want to fund yep. things that they okay. know they're going to get more money back. Okay, it's just business mind talking. I'm yeah, getting it, I'm getting it. Cool. Yeah. So like, <laughs> if if there was a way that they could understand that having more of our art shown is going to return interest mm. in people coming and like spending money here, whether it's our own people or like tourists coming in and like buying our stuff, then they'll be like, oh, okay, actually, uh, maybe we'll give you some dollars for mm. that. It's very yeah. true. Yeah, we have to link our creativity to for an income for the city. Very true. So maybe if we linked, you know, um, making the city more engaging through mural art or creativity embracing like you know, local artists yeah. could, you know, bring in money for tourism. I mean, that's th- that's what draws people in, as we were saying. It's like it's the creativity, it's the expression of the city. So, yeah, maybe we can develop some sort of way to, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it's sort of about money for the city. So we need to, yeah, link the creativity to the income to create more of an incentive for the city to embrace yeah. creativity. I mean, there's definitely groups out there that do focus on, you know, uh, the wellness of the community as well. Um, You know, bringing a community of people. Like, if you think about, like, um, Propel Youth, like YMCA, stuff like Mm. that. Like, really engaging with the community, young people as well. Um, Even, like, NDIS stuff, like, programs that they have. Like, they, they really try and focus... I'm sure that there's definitely lots of groups out there that do care about the welfare, the wellness, well-being of people, but money definitely does talk. Mm. It's interesting you mentioned Propel. Have you done like some work with them or no? But they, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> have they like contacted you or anything like that? Uh, I have spoken to someone who is involved and we're working on something in the new year, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Did you reach out to them or they did they reach out to you? It just happened to have been talking to someone who's involved. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just worked out that way. So, no, they didn't reach. Oh, actually, yeah, they could, you could say technically they reached out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not in an um, official manner. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, because, um, like, I've you know, had a chat with them and stuff like that. Um, and I think they're doing, like, I like how they're putting on these events, like the Kickstart Festival and, like, um, it might be for may- maybe a younger demographic that might be what it is. But I just all the creative people that I know, like, and I've, you know, met a lot, um, they don't really know about Propel. And I know Propel did have some, like, grants for artists and, like... Um, and I feel like if Propel is like one of the main funding bodies for supporting artists, um, I just feel like more people should have known about them or what, what they're doing. Yeah. So whether it's, I don't know, awareness thing or yeah, I think that's them what it is. sort of, I think, I feel like these funding bodies, whether it's Propel or government, other government funding bodies, they should be the ones, you know, reaching out to artists uh cultivating that community i agree and i find them sort of there is that culture sort of sitting back and waiting for artists to come to to them in a way i mean they they are putting on events um 
but it's like none of the my creative friends like know about them or necessarily like feel involved within propel yeah i think there's maybe maybe it's just like a lack of advertising a lack of knowledge as well i mean when you start to work as a creative a lot of what you know is learned by yourself Mm. right or through someone else like a mate maybe they don't teach you anything like this in school they don't teach you where you can find help or assistance or funding how you can write a grant there's there's a lack Mm. there some there needs to be a bridge to help us connect better with each other yeah yeah for sure and i i think propel did have some cool events on there was one that i missed which was on grant writing so i think that's really cool that they hosted that but i think i would love to see them get themselves out there like even cultivate that community a bit more somehow because yeah i think we should all be connecting and sort of collaborating more yeah but even on like the fact you mentioned like they don't teach that us in school i think I mean, it's a whole other topic, but <laughs> how the school system doesn't really... They don't prepare us for creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they create, they prepare us for, you know, they it's kind of like, do you want to do TAFE? Do you want to do uni? And then it, from there, maybe it's just the people that I hung around with, but if you wanted to do TAFE, it's more like, I'm going to be a mechanic, mostly, mm. or like a labourer, like a carpenter. Uh, if not, if you did TAFE, it would be like I'm going to be an accountant, a lawyer, an engineer. Mm. Like if you think about it, like mining is huge in WA. So it yeah. makes sense that we push that. Mm. Yeah, I think the whole school system, it doesn't really cultivate that creative mindset, that entrepreneurial mindset. It's more like you can go to school or you need to work for somebody else. Yeah. Because I guess that's how the economy works in a way. It's, they don't really... Uh, they don't really want independent thinkers in a way because if you're working for someone else, you're like doing, you're just following instructions in a way. So I think there is that culture. Like obviously not everybody can be or wants to be a creative, but I think creatives do. That, yeah, again, in the, in that system, they don't feel valued either. Yeah. But uh, I think it is sort of changing, I guess, with more creative courses coming out as well. I agree. But um, <laughs> Steph, thank you so much for coming on Thank the you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. It's great uh, having you and chatting with you. Thank you. Um, where can people find you and your work and like follow your stuff? Mostly on Instagram and that's L-U-V-I-E-U-R dot JPEG. Uh, on TikTok at L-U-V-I-E-U-R. My website, L-U-V-I-E-U-R.com. By the way, I'm spelling this out because a lot of people don't understand how to pronounce I'll, I'll it. I'll leave it in all in the show notes yeah. as well. <laughs> thanks. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys, and I'll see you next time. Thank Peace. you.